The mic works. Oh, maybe. Yes, it does work. It does work. We're good. I was expecting a screech, but we managed to avoid that. So that's great news. My name is Matthew. I'm really excited to share with you guys today. A couple weeks ago, I got a phone call from Pastor Jonathan, and he says, Are you interested in speaking on Sunday? And I say, Maybe. And he says, I want you to talk about morning. And I go, Great. I love the morning. It's my favorite time of day. I'm going to talk about what time I get up. We're going to talk about ice baths, cold showers. We're going to talk about drinking salted water. All of the things that people talk about. I've been working on my morning routine for the last year, so I'm, just, I'm stoked for this. And then he says we're going to talk about morning in connection to addiction, in connection to freedom. And I go, oh, that's not really what I was thinking. But here we are. Um, as I've gone through this past week, I'll admit that there is there was kind of like a challenge in terms of preparing for this message and almost a resistance to want to dive into what this means. But as I've worked through that, I really believe that there's good news here for us. We're reading from the Gospel of Matthew, that's where our series is in, and this is the Gospel, which means the good news. So there is good news in this for us, I really have hope for that today. Also, as we were doing pre-service prayer before today, um, I don't know who it was, but someone was saying there's this idea of like God loving people. And I think that for us here today, God has some stuff in store for us. And maybe He's going to poke you or tap you on the shoulder. And I'd encourage you to lean in and respond to that. I'm going to be teaching you some stuff today, but that's less important than what God's doing in your heart and He's speaking to you. So, whatever God is speaking to you, whatever you're seeing, go with that. Work with that. Um, last week, Pastor Greg he talked about this idea of being born in spirit and in connection to our greater series and how we're, we all are in addicts in some ways. And we have these addictive behaviors that actually impact the relationships around us. So as we're going through the Beatitudes, he talked about born in spirit. There's this idea of doing a moral inventory. We're honest with ourselves. We evaluate what's going on in our lives, our selfishness. And we realize that it's actually our selfishness and pride that's enslaving us. And it's preventing us from engaging who God has created us to be. So that's what we were looking at last week. Um, today we're going to move forward in the scripture, so I'm going to read from Matthew 5 here. Okay, hold on. can turn to it. It's a couple of verses here, so we'll go quick. Matthew 5. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. Disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. As we're looking at this verse today, I want to put, let's say, a, a definition on mourning. Uh, I think growing up, as I read this verse, I thought mourning, that is connected to death, so blessed are those when die around them, like that. It's kind of as far as I got, and it just felt confusing and uncomfortable, so I moved on. Um, or, growing up, I also thought, like, mourning, that's probably the opposite of being joyful, so if you're grumpy, maybe that means you're blessed. It's kind of where I was stuck in. Now, but today, as we look at mourning, there's certainly mourning that happens in kind of like a greater social context. So if we, today, or this past weekend, was treating uh, reconciliation, so there's, we can mourn the injustice that we see out there in the world. 
definition that I want to use for mourning is this. It's an emotional response to the damage that our actions, thoughts, behaviors have unleashed on those around us. I'll read that again. An emotional response to the damage that our actions, thoughts, behaviors have unleashed on those around us. So last week was Born Spirit. There was this idea of this humble heart posture, how there's a recognition of pride and selfishness in our lives, and then we turn towards humility. This week, mourning is this emotional response in light of that moral inventory that we've done. It's emotionally responding to the things we've done in a broken relationship with others and with God. So how is that good news? <laughs> that's what we're going to process today, that's what we're going to talk through. Um, but I want to tell a story. And this, this uh, past year, my wife Sophie and I, we've been engaging in the international community and the international ministry that our church has been involved with. It's been a really incredible experience. Um, we've had so much fun doing it. We were able to go to Turkey on this missions trip. Um, I really felt like God has been calling us to engage in that community. There is something tricky about that community. And it's that there's a lot of heartbreak, there's a lot of sadness, there's a lot of really tragic stories that encircle those people and those individuals. And as you engage with that community, you really bump into your own selfishness. So what happens is, uh, for example, it's a Friday night, and we're supposed to drive to Edmonds, which is like an hour from where we live, and we're supposed to do a barbecue with a bunch of internationals, refugees and resettlers. And it's this really beautiful time where we gather together, we share a meal with Muslims, with Christians, and we're talking about life and faith and belief and encouraging each other. It's beautiful. But it's a Friday night. It's July. It's hot out. We live really close to the beach. We want to be at the beach. We want to be relaxing. We want takeout, take a nap, take a swim. Like, that's our goals. That's what we think is good for us. Because we're exhausted. And the way that we want to be comforted is by controlling our little situation and doing what we think feels right for us. Somehow we managed to drag our feet out the door and probably very reluctantly ended up going to this barbecue. And as we left that night, there was just this incredible lesson that God taught us. We barely know what's good for us. It was so clear because we were convinced that what we needed was an evening at the beach of relaxation and comfort. Yet when we left the international barbecue that night, we were so filled with joy and so excited about what God was doing, so excited about the blessings that he's given us in our lives, so excited about the people in our lives. We were absolutely buzzing driving home in the car. It was unbelievable. The joy was just, can't express it to you. So there's this really interesting that thing that happens as we engage in this moment of mourning, where mourning takes us from what we think we need and it shows us what we actually need. Jesus meets us in our mourning. He meets us in that place, and he says, I am more than enough. I'm here for you. I can do immeasurably more than what you can ask for or imagine. Trust me. Engage. Let your heart engage with this, because I know what you need. You think you need this to be comforted? I know what you need. It's going to comfort you more than you can imagine. It's going to blow your mind. Let me comfort you. So I want to talk through four points today, through morning, um, and hopefully we gain some insight from this. But again, 
where is God poking you? Where is he tapping on the shoulder? What's he saying to you in this moment? Process that as we talk through this today. So first thing, the opposite of mourning is not joy. It's feeling nothing. So again, thinking back to when I was a kid, I'd read this and think, mourning, okay, so I'm not supposed to be too happy. There's kind of a weird takeaway where I'm thinking, I guess I shouldn't have too much fun or something like that. It just, it never clicked for me. But as I'm studying this, this passage this week, the opposite of mourning is not joy. The opposite of mourning is feeling nothing. It's when we harden our heart and we lock it down and we say, I refuse to engage my heart with the way my actions have impacted those around me. I'm going to refuse to see how the way I've acted in my selfishness, in my pride, in my desire to comfort myself, to take care of myself, to self-promote and self-protect, I'm going to refuse to see how that actually is impacted and broken relationship with those around me and with God. It's this kind of selfish, prideful statement that says, if I hurt you, that's your problem, not mine. If my actions have impacted you, you should deal with that, but I'm not going to be accountable for anything like that. What's actually happening here is we're saying anything that's going to cause me, God, anything you ask me to do, anything my friends ask me to do, anything people ask me to do that's going to make me look in the mirror and see the selfishness and pride of my own heart, I'm going to refuse to engage in that because that process sounds like it's going to be messy and I don't want to do it. But the thing is, that's the process that leads to life. Engaging in that process, stepping in, that's where we get freedom. That's where we get healed. So two, mourning means that you've loved. This is something that Pastor Greg talked me through, and it took me a while to kind of figure this out. But it's this idea that if you mourn, you've cared enough about those around you so that if you've done something that's broken relationship with them, it saddens you. You feel it. Because you love them, you have loved them, you're trying to love them, you want to continue to love them, but you've acted in a way that's broken that trust, that's broken that relationship, and that saddens you. Mourning requires a softening of your heart. So if not feeling anything is locking up your heart tight and saying, there's no way I'm going to engage in this, it's way too painful. There's no way I'm going to let the actions of other people impact me. Mourning is us saying, oh man, this actually does affect me, and I am going to be impacted by this. So mourning is a step of faith, and it's also a cry for help. It's us putting up our hand and saying, I don't really like what's going on here. This is ugly. This is messy. God, uh, I might need a bit of help here. So this verse says, blessed are those who mourn. So how are we blessed when we mourn? I think the point here is that Jesus is ready to meet us in our mourning. We hit that point, and the good news is that Jesus is there. That's where we interact with him, where we encounter him. So I really want us to see that. Here's a verse that I think you know, but I want to read it again, because I think the more repetition, the more insight that comes from it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he sent his son to save the world. So when we mourn, 
there's the opportunity for us to say, oh man, I don't really love how, like, I don't really love how things are going. I don't love what's coming up in my heart. And then Jesus comes and says, I came in love, not to condemn you, not to make you feel bad or feel guilty for all the things you've done. I've come to save you. But I can't save you if you aren't willing to engage in the things that you've done, in the ways that you've fallen short. I need you to engage in that process so that I can actually save you. I came in a place of love. Love motivated me, and I'm here in front of you. I'm ready to comfort you. Will you engage with me? We are blessed when we mourn because God didn't come to condemn. He came to save. Love motivated Jesus. Are we willing to engage in that process? Are we willing to soften our hearts? To actually be saddened, to be moved by the things that we've done so that we can respond and experience God? Um, Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, he was talking about this idea of blessed in the Hebrew translation. So he's saying blessed can mean happy, can also mean sure. And I love this like flip of words, so I'm going to swap blessed with sure. And it says sure are those who mourn because they will be comforted by Jesus. Sure are those who mourn because they'll be comforted by Jesus. They know what's going to happen when they mourn. Because of Jesus, we can come into those moments and actually not be afraid, not feel condemned, not be discouraged, because we know what the result is. We're going to be saved. We're going to be comforted. God knows what we need more than we do ourselves. And he is capable of more than what we could ask or imagine. So the comfort that we're hoping for, oh man, he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. He knows what you need. I want to read a couple verses here. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Godly sorrow, mourning, brings repentance that leads to salvation. The goal is salvation. The goal is everything you've hoped for and dreamed for in your life, the things that you've longed for, things you believe God has called you to be. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. What a personal invitation. God's saying, I want to come in. I'm standing. I'm knocking. Will you open the door? Will you let me in? I want to eat with you. I want to be with you. To a blind man, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus goes to a blind man. It should be obvious what he needs help with. But he still asks him because he needs to know that the blind man is aware of his situation and ready to ask for help, to put up their hand and say, I am blind and I can't see. I need healing. There are areas where we're blind, maybe not physically, but where we're blind and we need healing. We need to be able to see. The last point here is that this is a spiritual fight. Sometimes we take our position in life as neutral, and then we feel like God's over here doing something different. It's like, okay, I'm in the neutral spot, and then God wants me to step into something hard, but I'd rather stay here. And I think that's a huge lie. That's just mostly not true. So the devil, he wants you to stay trapped in your sin and selfishness. Why? Because you cannot be transformed, you cannot be healed in that place. And it's going to lead to an isolated and a lonely and a tragic existence. The devil wins when we refuse to engage with our hearts 
because you're never going to be transformed. You're never going to be healed. You're never going to have the courage to step into what God has called you to do. You're never going to have the courage to step into who God's made you to be. So the enemy wins when we lock our hearts down, when we push others away, when we say, I refuse to be sad over the way I've acted and how it's impacted others. What does God want for us? Uh, One thing that's beautiful is in 1 Thessalonians 5, we actually know what the will of God is. It says it in the Bible. Um, So I'm going to read this first. I'll read it backwards because it maybe makes more sense that way. It says, This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. So three things that God wants for us. He wants us to sorry, rejoice, to have joy always. Filled with joy, filled with life, filled with excitement for whatever's going on. That's what God wants for us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. To pray continually, to constantly be in conversation with God, aware of his presence around us at all times, and moving with him wherever we go. And to give thanks in all circumstances, to have peace that just fills our life. To look around and say, I'm content. I'm not in want, I'm content. I have peace and I have thankfulness. That's God's will for you. So our choices are to be enslaved to our own pride and selfishness or to engage in this maybe temporarily painful process of mourning, but to receive the joy, the peace, and the comfort of being with Jesus. I'm going to call the worship team to come back up. Again, this is about a response moment for us. Teaching's great, but it's about how we actually respond to it. How we engage with what God is tapping us on the shoulder for. There's a verse that says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So it's this idea that we're all sick to some level. And some of us are sick and we're unaware. We're sick and we don't realize it. Or we're sick and we're unwilling to admit that it's a problem. So for us, we need God to say, hey, I'm tapping you on the shoulder and I'm highlighting this spot of your life and I'm doing it because I love you so much. But this is a, you're, you're enslaved here. You're trapped here. Let me show you this so I can set you free. And there's going to be life on the other side of that. Some of us are sick. We're aware that we're sick, but we're unwilling to ask for help. And to you, God says, I'm here to comfort you. Can you tell me where I need help? What do you want me to do for you? Are you blind? I'm willing to heal you. I'm willing, let me know what I can do for you. I want to help you. Have courage, take courage, ask God to heal you. Be willing to be healed. Imagine what your life could look like if you were healed from that thing. If that thing, that area of your life, that it didn't hold you down, it didn't trap you. Imagine what that would be like. Some of us are sick. We are aware and we've been waiting to be healed. And to you, I just want to say in Jesus' name, be healed. Be healed. If you know where you're, where you're sick in your heart and you're just waiting for it to come, bless you, be healed. May Jesus come for you. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Let Jesus tell you what you need. 
Let him search your heart. God, what are you calling me into where I'm resisting? Where are you calling me where I don't want to engage in that mourning process because I'm scared what's, what it's going to reflect back? God, show me those things.